you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Before you get to your show, it's DJ and Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Bucky, tell everybody what's coming up on our next episode. Uh, We're going to talk about the top quarterback performances at the NFL Combine. Also, some other Combine standouts that stood out to you and I. And the Brock Oswald effect, how he could impact the draft. Where he goes. Yeah, you can check that. Move the Sticks, NFL.com slash podcast, YouTube, as well as iTunes. The Around the NFL podcast agrees to offset contract language. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I am so excited for today's show. It's exciting. I Only mean, let's just let's put it right there. Exactly. It's very exciting, Mark. Uh, once a year, we uh, we look at the list that the scientists, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal, put together. The top it used to be the top 101. Now it's the top 99 free agent list. And this is the year. I mean, this is the show where we break down that list. The whole year is basically leading to this point. You got the regular season and the Super Bowl, and it all culminates right now with a very sick Chris Wesseling and a lot of heat talking about Jason Pierre-Paul and our top 99, and we got some news. There's a lot going on. What does Handsome Hank have against the number 100? I, Handsome Hank is our programming director on NFL.com. I guess he asked you guys to knock it down to 99. Which well, it was on the NFL.com slash free agency tracker, which won't be ready yet. So actually still go to slash top 99. It, it can't handle three digits. Two digits is cool. 99. Wait, what? You, you put it into the system. Three digits. It's just here's too, the good news many. and all that. And uh, Sydney behind the glass now just two shows remaining with Sid. Uh, but uh, when La Sid and I get together, we just make magic. And uh, th- this being a top 99 actually worked out because now we have this. 
If you haven't free agency problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99 problems, problems, but free agency. Ain't one. <laughs> yes. What a theme song. Yes. Is that not the greatest thing ever? Dan has been in the best mood all day because of this. He was ready to drop us on, drop it on us, and it, it came. Uh, it came correct. It lived up to the hype. And this is why I love Sydney as a producer. No, it doesn't matter what the idea is. Uh, she just knows. We're just on the same wavelength. And uh, the Irishman, Brandon McGinnis, who will be uh, taking over for Sydney when she heads to the Magic Kingdom for five months, uh, he should be taking notes because Sydney and I are just on just a magical wavelength. On point, on point. He's like chomping at the bit, though. He's ready to get out of here. It. it bothers you a little bit, though, because this is, the, like Mark said, the California labor laws that you have to leave. <laughs> Brandon is here. Uh, well, unless Sully's a shadowy back. league figure stepped up and just gave her a full-time job. Right. And we're happy to have Brandon and Sully back. But in the same way, like, it's the first day of school, and they're, like, the freshmen, and then you're the senior that's gone, so you're, like, old news. Does it feel that way in the blue room at all? A little bit. It feels like, I don't know, like I've cr- like we've got, like, a family here, and mm. it's like, oh, we're shipping you off to college later. We're, yeah. We've got new kids now. And now here comes, you know, a new stepdad ready to make his own rules, <laughs> ruin the party. Yeah, but we're we're ha- we're happy to have Brandon back as well. It's uh, we're 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 blessed. Hashtag blessed to have a lot of good people working behind the glass. Uh, so Sydney's with us for two more shows. So yes, this is the top ninety nine spectacular special for the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, before we get into that, we will hit some news because there's a lot of news to get to. Because listen. Free agency, this is the business time. This is where money gets made. This is how GMs get hired and fired. Uh, It's all around this week. So there's a lot of movement going on before free agency kicks off, Greg, next Wednesday. Well, that's true. And the legal tampering, as it's called, uh, period, on Monday, it's usually on the weekend. They kind of have switched the schedule around a little bit. It's usually useless. That's true. And so they shortened it with the uselessness in mind. So I think a lot of these... Items of news are going to be popping up next Monday, Tuesday. Deals will be getting done. But it's true. We have five months of show, four months of shows till we get to training camp. And for the most part, we're talking about what happens over the next two weeks for those four months. I mean, that those are all the different changes. It's all happening now. It's all happening. In the draft. As Penny Lane once said and almost famous. Uh, Wes, thank you for coming in today. You're welcome, Dan. Because this is such an important show because the scientists, and I think if you follow the Around the NFL crew on Twitter, um, they have actual heat downstairs in the newsroom <laughs> trying to slot in some of these guys into the top 99. I had a video that I put up on Twitter at Dan Hansis that really illustrated that a little bit yesterday. Um, but now we're going to get to see it with the mics on. Because it's just because the mics go on, Mark, doesn't mean the gloves don't come off. No, and it's uh, you know been there have been countless moments. I mean, some of it caught on this show, but – Really, a lot of times, just our working environment, Dan, downstairs, where things become uncom—they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh please! Um, well, please! Oh please! They're, For they're, you, you like it. You like re- you like mixing it up and being contrarian and telling Wes. Wes could tell you there's four car tires on a car. You'd That's say true. no, there's not. That's and then it's like you know, it's just Dan and I just dealing with, it, and really the rest of the newsroom. The the real narrative that you guys like to make up these narratives. Oh, you guys are fighting, but we agreed on ninety five percent of it. It's insane how much is similar. But when we have little disagreements, we're gonna no, way to set up the segment. You know what I miss? <laughs> I missed the science drop with the bubbles. Oh, well, let's stay tuned. You, All right. you might just get lucky. Beakers. Uh, Lassid, before uh, we get to the top 99, let's do some news. Doctors say he's got a 50-50 chance of living. No, 
there's only a 10% chance of that. That was a request on my part. Usually Sydney handles the drops, but that was George Kennedy, who, of course, played Ed in the Naked Gun series. My favorite comedy of all time, uh, Frank Drebin's sidekick. Mm. Uh, referring, referring to uh, O.J. Simpson's character in that scene. Actually. Oscar winner. I didn't know that about George Kennedy. Also in a huge role in Cool Hand Luke. Yes, um, but I never saw that movie. It is interesting that Dan always <laughs> mocks uh, Wes for his like uncle. He likes uncle humor movies, but his favorite movie is The Naked Gun. That's that is about as uncle my humor as you movie. get. You just said it's your favorite comedy. I think. Yeah, favorite comedy. Okay, well, Cool uh, and Luke, a classic. And by the way, I don't, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be on Connor's movie. list to watch. There's no there's nothing uncle humor about Naked Gun. It's it's irreverent. It was ahead of its time. It just time. means you're a little right. younger. I'm just saying the young listeners out there. People might think who are that's 20 like, years old right now. I like now Naked would Gun. I like movie. Naked Gun. I love Gre- it. Greg's favorite comedy ever is The Hangover Part Part Three. That's how he. No, stays. that's not true. He's Rushmore. never even seen it. I love Naked Gun. All right, let's do some news. You know, respect the dead, Greg. Can we get down to business? Yes. Here we go. Sam Bradford will start right there. You want to talk about business. He's doing big business all throughout his career. He can be a not-so-good quarterback and make a ton of money. That's what Sam Bradford has taught taught us. He agreed to a two-year, $36 million deal with the Eagles. Uh, The agreement came on Tuesday. Uh, Rap Sheet reports uh, that Bradford will receive $22 million guaranteed at signing, which balloons to $26 million when injuries, injury guarantees are added. Uh, $11 million signing bonus. I mean, $7 million base salary. And all these, these numbers, I don't know what any of them mean. There's this thing, and I'm probably behind on this, but it's blowing my mind. Now there's a difference between guaranteed money and fully guaranteed money. It's like, can we just work something out that's a little more clear football uh, world? Can we do that? But all we do know is that Sam Bradford paid big money. The Eagles are staying in business with Sam Bradford. And, Wes, you're not happy about it. Well, he's, by all accounts, a perfectly nice guy. I'm glad he's getting paid. But, yeah, the idea that he's made $3 million per win in his career <laughs> is crazy to me. Yikes. What is it? So 25 wins, $75 million he's so far. He's made $78 million. 78. And he's going to make, uh, I think, a hundred and – what's the math on that? $114 million if he makes it through both the years on this contract. So a nice way to make a living. Well, he timed it perfectly being the number one overall pick before the new rookie wage scale came in. And this goes to what I was talking about the other day, that how much would Tom Brady make on the open market in the middle of his prime if there's no salary cap? This is this is kind of the cost of doing business. I think we have a problem with it in this room because Sam Bradford has shown over a long track record at this point that he's not a difference maker, that you're basically saying this is what a league average quarterback is worth, and we're hoping Sam Bradford's a league average quarterback and is starting for us because that's what he's shown in a best-case scenario he's going to be. I mean, I think it's not it's not Bradford's fault that he was the last number one pick under that outrageous rookie pay scale. It is the Eagles' fault if they go out and say this is the best we can do at this position. That said, if you and, and I am not a fan of it at all. I just I find Sam Bradford. You could put a top ten moments, and you'd stop around four or five and be like, "There's nothing left. There's <laughs> nothing if left." You count preseason, you have a full top. 10. Sure, I mean I understand his ten attempts last August were you know set the earth on fire. But I mean, if you're Philadelphia, like you're you are in a conundrum if you let him go because you you yeah we can talk about Chase Daniel being the guy you could go sign or something, but there aren't. 
if you're if you don't have Bradford and you don't get Chase Daniel, then you have less than Chip Kelly had last uh, last season, and that's a problem. And that's why I'm not necessarily on board with killing the Eagles for this. And it is market value for a quarterback these days, so the money is crazy. But I get, I guess I understand it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I guess I wasn't quite as plugged in on the. Chase Daniel's going to be a stud. I know th- that's kind of the move, West. That I don't think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be Sam Bradford since he entered the league. Among quarterbacks with 60 starts, is last in almost every major category. To me, why pay for that? I get that. I, I mean, that. what's the worst that can happen? Oh no, we don't get Sam Bradford. We're in trouble. But they're already in trouble with Sam. Bradford. I think the disconnect though is that there are people like football people, the people that, and that's the only explanation in a lot of ways. I think that he's made so much money in his career. They see something special there, even if, yeah. if it's been years and years that the common fan or an analyst maybe doesn't see. So that's why they decided to stay in business with him. And they put a lot of stock, as we know, into the last half of last season as well. But they didn't have a ton of options and, unless you had a you were going to go after Chase Daniel. Uh, Kirk Cousins wasn't going to be out there. You're going to draft somebody. I don't think you want to do that at this stage. I mean, they, they were kind of in a tough spot. They really talked up his last seven games of the season. That's, that's the reason why he's going to stay with the. Eagles organization but when you look at those seven games it was really a couple solid performances it was a couple games where he's loading up the stat sheet in garbage time it was a couple games where he really struggled and so that's basically been Bradford's career he's an accurate passer I think people remember back to the their draft evaluations and they just have a hard time letting that go people thinking that he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks to come out in a long time when really you watch him as a pro and he's just He's just that sort of middle of the road. And he has a different offense to his defense every season. And he has another one next season. So why why is it going to work? Well, I think we've seen over the last few years, people kill franchise quarterback deals. When Romo got paid a ton, people criticized that. People criticized Joe Flacco. And we say all the time, you can't pay too much for a franchise quarterback. If you identify him as the answer, pay what it takes to keep him. Nobody's identified Sam Bradford as the answer. Well, think, think about, and I know we need to move on, think about, that the difference between a Sam Bradford cost right now is about $18 million. Think of the difference between that and the top quarterbacks. You know, Aaron Rodgers at 21-22. Joe Flacco, we'll talk there's about no in a second. There's 21-22. That is a very small difference, considering that there's such a little difference between the very best quarterbacks making 21, but, oh, the Sam Bradfords get 18. Once upon a time, a few years ago, Mario Williams became the highest paid player in the league. Am I right? Or is it defender? Defensive player. Defensive player in the league when he signed that massive deal with the Buffalo Bills after a, um, you know, a real spirited free agency chase. Uh, it didn't quite work out. Williams had some nice years with Buffalo, but Rex Ryan came to town and, and Mario Williams was not comfortable in Ryan's defense, openly questioned his role in that defense during the 2015 season. The writing was on the wall with a lot of money coming Williams's way. He was, uh, it was announced on Tuesday that he has been released uh, by the Buffalo Bills. And uh, I guess maybe we can tackle this a little bit a different way. We want to save where he kind of fits in in this free agency picture uh, for when we get to the top 99 chatter. But uh, our thoughts about Mario Williams, is he is he the type of impact player that any team with cap room is going to want to kick the tires on? Is he that type of player or is he overrated? This is a big debate Greg and I had yesterday because you could make an argument for either of those. If you get the 2014 Mario Williams, he was an all-pro and arguably the best season of his career. He's only one year removed from that, but also last year – there were games he didn't try. His effort was questioned. And Greg believes that he's the kind of guy who doesn't really love football, so you have to question his effort 
this year if you sign him. Well, I think at his age, you have to be concerned that he's 31 years old. He's made a ton of money. This is his third contract for guys to really succeed into that next you know, stage of your career. You have to be a special, really special talent and have a special desire. I, I don't know. You haven't heard that about Mario Williams. Now, I would have never guessed Julius Peppers would have the mid-30s career that he's had when he was going to a third contract. But he was always a guy who was known to really be a great practice player, really love the game, take it seriously. And you haven't heard that about Mario Williams for his career. So I just wonder. It feels like he's going to get good money, though. I don't doubt that. Oh, I think he'll definitely – there are going to be enough teams that say he can rush the passer. We need that. we got to bring someone in. But he was paid by Buffalo for the entire defense to center and anchor around him. That's not who he is now I would assume, in the eyes of most defensive coordinators, we're going to bring him in and pay him the kind of money to put everything around him. And I don't think he was a bad signing by Buffalo. I think no. they, I think they got their money's worth essentially. They but did. Enough, they just never enough went of the excuse making that they keep making this thing where oh Rex Ryan had him dropping back in the coverage. He was not an outside linebacker. He was rushing the passer most of the time. I mean, it, he would do it maybe a handful of times a game. That doesn't explain why he doesn't get pressure on the quarterback the rest of the game. Did he ever get that engagement ring back? Did we ever figure that? Out. It's like the well, that question. was an odd chapter in his NFL <laughs> life. Yes. Also, he has red eyes. What's up with that? Well, <laughs> I think that's kind of like going to plug in with a player like that. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, yesterday, Tuesday was the deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, for teams to use their uh, franchise tag or their transition tag. So we'll go through some of these. We'll start with <clears throat> some. We'll touch on real quickly, but this one I think is worth digging in on. Uh, Kirk Cousins, who uh, Rap Sheet had reported uh, while we were at the Combine, the team was seriously considering using the transition tag, which would have been uh, pretty saucy to see how that would have played out if other teams really had a, a real shot at signing him away. Instead, they used the non-exclusive franchise tag on Cousins at all, but ensures he'll be back uh, in Washington at least uh, through 2016. Uh, the franchise tag acts as a one-year $19.95 million deal. Yes, that's almost $20 million. And we were just talking about this, guys. There, it's weird. There's We're in this weird phase in salaries in the NFL where there's no middle ground for quarterbacks. But I know Kirk Cousin had a nice year last year, a very nice year. Nice two months. But $20 million for one year for Kirk Cousins. That's wild. To be a quarterback is to be blessed. It's wild. He's going to be the high, he's going to have the highest base salary of any quarterback in the NFL for the 2016 season, which is so wild when you consider that people <laughs> were talking about benching him in late October. And then he went Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson got healthy and he went on a two-month-long toward stretch and now he's set up for life. And yet, I think it's a better deal than any two-year deal would have been. I have no problem. I really – and I'm, you know, the biggest anti uh, – or the biggest Kirk Cousins doubter in this room, and I don't really have a problem with this at all. I like it better than giving him a big, fat, long-term deal. Even if – I said this, we did a hit for NFL. Now, even if he – only plays this year in Washington and it's not a good year and they wind up letting him go, I, I can't kill them for that because you have to find out and that way you avoided giving him $50 million guaranteed. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I guess with the money, with the cap shooting up the way it did, I don't really think the money is a sticking point to me. And if you're Jay Gruden and you're coming off a season like you just had and your other option is Cousins goes somewhere else, you've got no quarterback, the Redskins go 4-12 and and you're fired. I mean, this is the best chance at continuity, and you're the one who's been – you've been with Kirk Cousins and promoted him from the start. 
I think you stick with him, whatever it took. This is what it took. And it's the Washington's best chance to succeed and sign him long-term if they like him. It was well, interesting. You read, uh, Dan, how the Jets were watching the Kirk Cousins. They were monitoring. And, and Ian alluded to on Total Access yesterday, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, that, Rap sheet. that no. the old uh, Eagles were keeping an eye on the Cousins situation. And when that when that hammer dropped mm. and they also saw the money cousins is getting of course 20 million that is what spurred on the end of the sam brad said hammer domino might have been better. domino is better but i'm hearing a lot of that these days oh the first <laughs> domino has dropped you're turning in, on domino in denver broncos free agency what's next brock osweiler is peyton gonna really ride into the sunset you, you know who's not the- a new phrase dominoes you know falling that's great been around week for some time <laughs> great week for the cousins uh family they've made that, you know, he made two point five million his first four years. You know, it's a big time race to get twenty million. But there was one <laughs> yes, big loser. Was. The guy who wrote the Kirk Cousins autobiography a year or two ago. Yeah, should have waited a year or two. People that came and went. You guys didn't even know it existed. There is a Kirk Cousins autobiography out there. That thing comes out this <laughs> off season. Hold on. Lot, lot twenty five year olds quit writing biographies. <laughs> autobiography. I I feel worse. For the guy that wrote the RG3 uh, biography oh, after yeah. the rookie season. That thing was, that thing was dead. The world at age that thing was dead before it hit the printer because he tore his ACL and it was over. <laughs> I've been trying to get Dan to read that book. He has been very – a little – After I read the Rex Ryan autobiography <laughs> after his second year with the Jets, I took a step back. You've well, only I'm, been pulling your weight as a human being for two years of your life. I don't want to read about you. Uh, Mark, Mark should be on his third autobiography. I would love to read a Sessler memoir. You know what I'm saying? This what Mark and I hope. It's not well, coming anytime soon. You posted soon. it publicly, but you were a subject of fascination in the newsroom yesterday morning because you were off and you needed that off day. And as we talked about, uh, you know, you didn't get to have any beers in Indy at the combine, so you were a man that just needed to kind of blow off some steam. <laughs> Seven a.m. on a Tuesday morning, you are sitting by the sea taking photos. Uh, only I said this to you downstairs this morning. You could ask me. That question, who would be doing that at 7 a.m.? There is not one other person I've ever met in my life that I would guess. I would say immediately that would be Mark Sessler that was sitting by the sea. Well, I think Wes could be potentially. Wes could, no, walk Wes out. Wes could stumble out his front door. Right, well, maybe yeah, I only live like a football Wes field. would have to be coming home from the night before <laughs> for that to happen. I mean, I had, you know, it's not a sexy story. I we had a sitter coming to take our kids to school, and I was basically told I needed to leave the house before 7 a.m. So I was like, I'll just drive out there and. Took a photo and then it was it was foggy, so I left. You should have come by. You <laughs> said you were in Santa Monica, right? You didn't come by work. No, come by my uh, house. You know, well, I didn't. I, yeah, see what's going on. I don't. I remember being at your house, but I don't remember where it's you. It's weird were. that you wouldn't drop by your mentor's home. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I you know the day got off to an odd start when I didn't stop by Greg's uh, right off the bat. Um, in other franchise tag news, uh, Von Miller got the franchise tag, and and Mark, do you know why he was unique to the rest of the franchise tag field? Uh, because he just won the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, well, yes, that would be unique to this class. But he got the exclusive franchise tag, which oh, means yeah. nobody else can negotiate. He's going to be a Bronco, and they'll get a deal done. Cordy Glenn, the Bills' left tackle, he got. You get a franchise tag, and you get a franchise. He got a franchise Has tag. Has anyone commented Oprah. on that story yet? Oprah bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We looked yesterday. There wasn't a single comment yeah. on that. People sport. not plugged in on offensive tackles in Western New York. Olivier Vernon. This one's saucy, Greg. Got the transition tag in Miami uh, last year, if you remember. Uh, Charles Clay, the, the H-back. 
the Dolphins did the same thing, and then uh, Rex Ryan got overexcited, and the Bills uh, signed him to a big contract that the Dolphins opted not to match. Will the same thing happen with Vernon, and will that be a big blunder, uh, Greg, by the Dolphins if they let Vernon get out the door? It's a strange move. I don't think they give them that tag unless they're almost ready to say goodbye to him, but it's just it's become their move now. He's number two on our top 99 uh, available players. He's not technically Spoiler a free alert. agent. But, it's like being a restricted free agent. But not really because you don't have to give up anything to get him. You just sign him to the contract. You don't have to give the Dolphins a draft pick or anything like it would be with a restricted free agent. So all it does is tells Dolphins fans that the front office, it gives them a feeling like they don't know what they're doing. Why, why did you do this? Now we just have to watch the 49ers or someone give him $50 million guaranteed, front load it, not match it, and just draw out this process. And it feels like they don't know what so they're doing. So he's gone? I think he's gone. Well, and it gives agents a chance, like when Alex Mack was transitioned, to go sign a contract with the Jaguars that suddenly included an opt-out clause and a no-trade clause. Like, the agent go in and and basically screw the original team, who then, if they want to match, they don't have power over that player. That's what the Bills did. They front-loaded everything in the clay contract with a lot of guarantees. They knew the Dolphins are tight to the cap, and the Dolphins are tight to the cap again. It's They're not gonna screwing the original team when the original team is the one that messed up and put it. You're right. I don't. It, the original team walked into it, but right. it does give a chance it's for a that. Half, original, it's know. a half measure. It's a half measure. It's, it's like a Ryan, having Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. It's a half measure. Ooh. Ouch. Greg had to go. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the listeners the down Ryan in, in Florida. Either, yeah. either find a way to give them the franchise tag and cut Cameron Wake and, and Brent Grimes or whatever you need to do or or not. This I was stepped a guy who was on a, Lauren was, Tannehill's person. I'm in a it. better position with that family than you What's are. What's that? Last man off the Ryan Tannehill boat. That's it. Greg Rosenthal <laughs> Welcome right back there. to uh, society. Yes, Mark, I remember you stepping on Lauren's purse. She was quite classy about it, but furious. Well, there was a loud, distinct crackle inside. I stepped on something that smashed into many parts. That was – well. Maybe it was a gun. Remember, they left that uh, gun I don't in think a it was a gun car break. one time. That was stupid. Uh, Josh Norman and Mo Wilkerson, uh, the Panthers and Jets, respectively, also got the tag. And speaking of the transition tag, here's somebody that knows a little bit about that business, Alex Mack. Transition, guys. That's what it's like in this business. Wow. Podcasting. What a pro. Uh, Alex Mack has uh, voided his Browns deal that had three years and $24 million left on it, including $8 million guaranteed. He is going to test the free agency market. But guess what, Mark? Uh, don't lose hope because he likes you. He likes Sashi. Sashi. <laughs> Actually, let's get the full Sashi. I'm in the mood. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, for one night only, Sashi. And he is open to staying in Cleveland. So it's just a matter of if they want to be competitive. At least that's what he's saying. Do you think Alex Mack will be the center for the Browns week one? 2016. I don't think so, but I definitely didn't think so a couple months ago, and I do think that the it sounds like what we heard at the Combine, that there is, they are talking, there is a chance. It's no surprise at all that he voided his contract. I would have been stunned if he didn't, but now he's going to find out, you know, Cleveland's back in a situation again where they can fight against another team, and if you're the Browns, you have to be considered fighting an uphill battle. Mack has been through what 26 quarterbacks at this point. When you're the person having to work directly with the quarterback, he's been through seven different offenses. I mean, the idea of a team that has consistency and is a winner, and he said winning is important to him. He could be lured away. 33 and 79 since he was a first-round pick in 2009. 
They also, Mitchell Schwartz, they lose potentially as well in free agency. And the one thing that they touted as a strength, which it wasn't last year, suddenly is not at all, and they have a lot of needs. Uh, elsewhere in the AFC North, Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens strike a contract extension. Not a surprise. He had a Drew Breesian type uh, cap hit uh, coming coming uh, Baltimore's way this season. So they decided to essentially give him a new deal, rip up that contract, and it was a three-year extension worth $66.4 million, signing bonus of $40 million, which this is the other thing got on everybody's radar. People lumping in Joe Flacco and Sam Bradford in the same tweet to talk about how quarterbacks are overpaid. You know, let's calm down. Come back to us. Joe Flacco is a good quarterback. Maybe not the greatest. He's got a ring and an epic postseason run. I, if I have Joe Flacco, I'm keeping him until he's 38 years old, and I got no problem how much I pay him. Carried the Ravens to a Super Bowl oh, title. One of the great performances. Back. Him in the last 10 years, and you talk about postseason quarterback runs, Eli, uh, that uh, 2012 season, Flacco, 2000, 2012, Eli was 2011, Brady had an amazing run last year. I mean, you pay for those guys. You keep them in your building. Flacco was playing great at the end of last season, and who knows, they might have ended up with a second Super Bowl title if they hadn't uh, lost that 14-point lead. It certainly wasn't Joe Flacco's fault uh, that they lost to the Patriots a couple years ago. It is strange, though. As good as Joe Flacco, and I, I like Joe Flacco a lot, it is strange that he makes the most average salary of any quarterback in the NFL. It's a little strange. He now tops Aaron Rodgers. Joe Flacco is number one, and uh, his agent and Joe Flacco have done a great job, and they timed it. Per- I mean, they just timed it perfectly signing that initial deal getting the Super Bowl run right before it, and that's kind of set up the rest of his it's life. It's so funny to remember the outrage the evening that that Flacco deal, it, I, I will never forget, just the Twitter outrage that Joe Flacco would be paid what he was at quarterback. And then over the course of, the, from then till now, one quarterback after the next is making how, bank. I don't have a problem. How would you love to have Joe Flacco exactly. the last I, seven look at, years You look at his more. record and what he did with some pretty pretty average Ravens teams. It's not just him. It's the rest of that the way that franchise is built. But no problem playing Joe Flacco a ton of cash. Give me Joe Flacco. <laughs> Thought he did a good job last year with some lackluster, really lackluster people around him for a while. Then it all. It fell apart, and he got injured. He you know a, they're going to win 10 He is a 31-year-old coming off a torn ACL that's now the highest-paid player in, in the highest-paid quarterback in the league and has never really been a top-five quarterback. So if you wanted to you know, just well, note that, I think that's fair to note. Simone and I saw him at the Super Bowl Your walking down uh, the avenue, and he looked fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's breaking news from Mark Sessler, at Mark Sessler underscore NFL. Was that our hotel? I saw, I saw him walking right. around. He looked good. And finally, the New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Saints, excuse me, have cut ties <laughs> with Wes. Okay. Wes. We are losing Wes. Yes. The cough. Button. I feel like this is the end of Philadelphia, too, right now. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Did I they don't, make a Philadelphia, too? I, Philadelphia, no, yeah, no. Called, they're not going to green light Philadelphia, too. <laughs> it's called Philadelphia, too, colon, still terminally ill. <laughs> Actually, I think – <laughs> I think we're gonna get. We're definitely gonna get some movie tra- movie posters based on that. <laughs> it just was hacking into his mic. Um, anyway, Marquise Colston was a wide receiver. Marquise Colston. Marquise Colston. Yes, that's. What? I mean, so, and that's how. You, well, there's a different pronunciation. Greg, you always get on. Well, well, downstairs we were talking about this story, and I told I told Dan I informed him you have been 
saying Marcus Colston's name incorrectly for the last three years. It's not Marquise. All right, let you tell he's, me if I'm wrong. He's not a French dignitary or anything. It's not the Are Mar you sure? Or a writer. It's not the Marquis de Sade. It is he not plays outside the Marcus, French quarter. Marcus Colston is how you say the name. Sydney, you are a wise woman from Utah. I'm going to spell you his first name. You tell me how you would pronounce it. And be honest. M-A-R-Q-U-E-S. I would say Mar Marquise, I think. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's certainly not bra that's breaking not news. Language uh, yeah, breaking news. English language has silent letters, all sorts of crazy. Well, if you're going to spell it that way, letter. though, you're inviting confusion. Well, can we just well, talk about Dan's like the, Dan's the only person I've heard call him Marquise over the last five well, years. Dan has taken a lot, take it to its logical end, though. I, I also just think because many after a while you hear his name said a certain way, you could go, you know listen. Well, Greg is now banging uh, Dan for not watching. Well, let's tape. let's no. listen. To I was this. just gonna say like <laughs> Lady Sydney. Indique is that his name? Uh, like there are no rules. We have abandoned all sorts of rules for how to name and spell children's names. How about Brett Favre? Indice, why did you fall out that window? How does Brett Favre get away with calling himself Brett Favre? That's a fair point. Wait, let's listen to the official pronunciation. Yeah, this, this will right. settle everything. Marquise Colstone. Okay. Marquise Colstone. Okay, case closed. Anyway, he gone, and that's what's happening in the news. If you haven't free agency problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99 problems, problems, but free agency ain't one. I mean, I could just I, I could walk out of the studio right now and say that was a great show. Such a smug look you've got right now. I Why? I, it's great. I, I approve of it. I mean, you earned it. He's just happy. He, you know, used uh the all-time leader in, in receiving yards in Saints history as a way to do a little bit on uh, mispronouncing his name. By the way, thanks to Sacramento, yeah, you know, California. He's a free agent. Legal makers. Yeah. We're losing Sydney because, oh, it's not a good idea for a company to be able to keep like a skyrocketing employee for more than seven months. Got to get them out in the street. Got to risk never getting them back. Good job, California. The top 99 available players, you could you could get this at NFL.com slash top 99. And I'm seeing a lot of guys on Twitter popping off, running their mouth. They got, you know, putting putting, you know, their own lists off their lips to borrow uh, some parlance from <laughs> our friend Jason Locke and Fora, who, by the way, Locke, come back to us, baby. Uh, a late night uh, combine tweet throwing shade at rap sheet. Uh, can we read that tweet? Can you just bring that up real quick, Greg? Because this was one of my favorite things of Combine Week. Kind of got off my radar and missed it, and then I plugged in on it on Tuesday. This is an NFL insider to another NFL insider. Jason Lockenfora, keep at rap sheet. Keep my name off your lips. Always remember this. I know you will. Sent at 1.40 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> That's two in the morning posturing. Put my name in your mouth. You got to be careful. There you Whoa. go. Well, you and Laka sharing some DNA. I I did think that uh, when I when I heard that. Maybe I did he, think it was an, an ode. Maybe he listens to the podcast. It was an homage. So is this? The, I've never heard that. The, the I'm glad. Crowd you want to run with? Hey, I I had a message to send that day. I stand by it. <laughs> Didn't get through, partner. <laughs> um, the top 99 available players. So anyway, you know, team rap sheet. You know, calm down. Come back to us, Laka. Twitter gangster. Top 99 available players. This is a list that has been done 
uh, a lot of care and effort has went into this list. You guys, the scientists we call uh, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal, uh, not just because they, they founded uh, Roto-World and not only built that site HTML, HTML brick by brick, but also physically the building that houses all the Roto-World uh, writers, they built that as well. Mm. Most of the Roto-World writers appear to live in – Within like ten miles of Evan Silva, Wes, I'm building your legends. So oh, just okay. like make make it seem like you guys all worked in an office building and cubicles all around. Like the job. Brill Building. Yeah, but you were actually in Tybee Island during your time at Roto World. That's right? true. I don't know how I got all that building done. Working on a dock. With Working a on a dock. No, I don't drink Corona. All right, let's get into this list. And I think um, you know we talked a little bit. How do we want to tackle this? Because there are yeah, 99 names. Right off the top, I want to start with who made number 99, which always gets me excited. And um, number 99, I thought, oh, I'm a little disappointed. I thought it was going in a different direction. Is this the most up-to-date version? Yes. Okay. Number 99 on this list, because I thought it was going to be a, a certain former Washington. Well, he's, not, he's, not, he's a not a free agent. Oh, well, good call. Thank you very much. I apologize. Chris Johnson, you're number 99. You guys like to have a... Uh, a saucy guy at 99, even if he should be higher or maybe not on the list. You always like that. It's the only time science kind of gives, takes a back seat to a little bit of uh, pop and posturing. Well, I like the idea that <laughs> you're the last guy on the list should be a memorable name. Exactly. You want to wow him in the end. You know, you want to have a big finish to the show like we do every day. And so Chris Johnson's a guy who was seemingly out of the league. And then when he played, played last year, it is interesting that a good player number one on the list. It does not as enticing a name as number 99, but that's not your fault. Well, think about the top five quickly before we get to ones. We disagree. I mean, these aren't big names. Malik Jackson's number one. Everyone was talking at the combine. You got to find your Malik Jackson, the guy who can work inside and out. So you can put any type of front you want. That's a guy that 75% of football fans had no idea existed. Exactly. And I think he's going to get 14, 15 million dollars a year. He's going to get Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick money. Then you have Olivier Vernon, who top five in the league and tackles for loss and quarterback hits, but not a big name. Kaleche Osemele, which Dan famously huh? has never been able to pronounce. How do you say it again? Marquise Osemele. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Martin, people know Doug Martin and uh, Bruce Irvin. That's the top five. So not not Bruce not, Irvin, not a nice timing. little player. Yeah, well, it's hard. Great players don't Number get the free. Five. He's gonna get ten million a year. I like Bruce Irvin. I think he's an above average starter in the middle of his career. What if those guys? There's just not defense. There's not, there's not that many. You don't I have will, Michael Bennett and Cliff Avril around you. Here, Avril. April. Listen, everyone. Everyone's allowed to pronounce a name off target. Today. That is the here the top ten. Five is Irvin. Six is JPP, and I'm sure we're going to bring that up in a second. Mario Williams, who we discussed earlier, is seven. Eric Weddle, the Charger safety, is eight. Danny Trevathan, the Broncos linebacker, nine. And Janaris Jenkins and uh, Rams cornerback, ten. Not happy, of course, that Tremaine Jackson got the tag, uh, but he's probably going to be happy when things are all said and done because people got money to spend. And uh, a cornerback that is entering his prime is going to get paid. He'll be okay in the end. He reportedly turned down a five-year, $45 million contract, and then he fired his agent. This, that, that's always a – you know they have red flags going into the draft? It's always a red flag when you fire your agent three days before free agency. It's always like the the players that are a little – that fly off the handle. Are, are you saying – well, Janoris Jenkins, based on his Twitter feed, is definitely a guy you got to manage closely. But you're calling that move to fire the agent after that offer a... <laughs> Sounds like what you're saying. That No, I'm not blaming the agent. I'm saying 
when players are firing agents three days before free agency started or a few days before, it just seems like a weird, unstable person type of move. Okay, so let's let's break this down, and I guess we'll start here. Um, you guys, Wes and Greg, when you make this list, you basically talk out each player, and, and this is what I pick up, and Mark, let me know if you... Um, oh, am I, am I involved in this segment? I mean, oh, we are outsiders. No, Don't worry about it. I want to hear it. You guys got to pick it apart. Mark, you have like you, you know how you have fantasy corner during uh, all yeah. draft segments yeah. in August. It'll be something similar. It'll be like Cess's okay. uh, street corner, or maybe like Cess's beach bench. <laughs> beach just, bench. You sit beach and bench. watch the sea. Uh, you throw it over the beach bench when you need to. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, so you guys disagree on certain names, and you you guys talk it out and you try to slot someone in, and every once in a while you guys are in totally different places on a player. So let's talk about some of those players. And, uh, Greg, get us going. Which name uh, jumped out immediately when I just said that as someone you guys were not on the same page on? Jason Pierre-Paul was the number one guy. I see a guy who was by far the best player in the Giants' front seven last year when he came back, was an impact player, and if you put him on – the free agent market two years ago, he'd be signing a five-year, $100 million contract, and there's that sort of ceiling for JPP now, and I think you get him at a relatively bargain type of rate, maybe a two-year deal, $20 million, and there's a chance you get a top-10 defensive player in the entire league. So I had him on our initial list, even before all the tags, I had him as the number five player. Uh, West did not have him in the top 25. No, I didn't, and I don't I don't think that you can say that the ceiling for a seven-and-a-half-finger player is the same ceiling as he had when he had ten oh. fingers. We saw him fail to wrap up, guys, multiple times. He, he was the lab, the, guys? He wasn't the best player on the front seven. Robert Ayers was. No. And Jason Pierre-Paul had one sack in eight games because he tackling is one of the most basic elements in football. If you can't do it, you're not as valuable. And I don't think Jason Pierre-Paul – gets too much credit for just running into the backfield and failing to make plays. I mean, if we're seeing that, aren't GMs and scouts seeing the same? But why why do you assume that the guy coming off of a devastating injury, playing football in a different way for the first time in his entire life, is just going to be that guy for the rest of his career? Why can't you get better at playing with the That's club? That's fair, but or, you're or asking someone to go put a lot of money well, on the assumption that he is. Well, I think it's a rel- I think it's a buy medium with a big-time reward. I don't this think it, it's going to be a This big isn't time. a guy coming back from an ACL tear and it takes him a year to get right. This is a guy that, and Wes put it quite literally, has seven and a half fingers now, and he's not going to grow more fingers. Also, you don't Science buy medium. Give him a robot I, hand, which would be awesome. You don't buy medium on the number six player on this list. Well, it depends. This, this isn't a ranking of how, who's going to get the most money. I, I think he'll have an okay deal. You said, you know, he might not grow back the fingers. Actually, no, he will not. The scientists, we, you know, we didn't want to reveal this. Takes but a we've different been, type we've of been working on that. <laughs> oh, well, that is un- that's absurd. <laughs> it's possible. He was a really good player last year. Everyone is overrate- underrating him because if of the West one If Wes had game- any confidence in your ability as a duo to grow back fingers, he wouldn't have put him outside of his 25. I well, that's that you, true. He's if out. you talk about how your hand functions, when you're trying to grab a quarterback, you're diving after him, and you slip off of his rump or his back or his pads because you rump. can't physically grab that player. Your hand doesn't work. I think way. he was a good player when he came back, and he's only going to get better. And people are underrating him because of that one game that was on Sunday Night Football where he missed a bunch of tackles, and Chris Collinsworth pointed out that so that's all anyone the, can remember. He it had wasn't a lot the of good only moments. game where there was an issue. What, he had a lot of good moments. They played the Panthers on a Sunday afternoon, and he had major issues tackling Cam Newton. I'd take a chance. All right, how about – 
another player, Wes, that you jumps to mind. You guys definitely were not on the same page on. Well, let's let me look at this link here. Let's throw. Du- right. I think Dwayne Allen, whom I have a lot of faith in, I'll always be an unapologetic Dwayne Allen supporter. We heard Steve Keim uh, at the combine have one of the most fascinating discussions on tight ends. That basically. It's two different positions now. There's no such thing as a tight end because you're either an F or a Y. And one of those just blocks. The other one just receives. Dwayne Allen is one of about a handful of tight ends that can do both when he's healthy. Healthy Health is the big question for him. He wound up, and this is our version two that went up after all the franchise tag. He wound up at number 46. You had him much, much higher. I, I see your point on this one. I think if you're taking a chance with a young tight end in this market, I'd go with Ladarius Green out of those two. Who is Again, Ladarius Green is great, but he's basically just a big wide receiver. He can't fulfill every function like Dwayne Allen. Don't you think don't you think the offensive coaches and Andrew Luck would have found a way to get Dwayne Allen going in the last couple of years? At some point, I, I well, love I have no faith. Rookie. I have no faith in the Colts offensive coaches. Wes, sometimes when you're making this list with Greg, do you ever wonder yourself, was Greg even watching the same games as me? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> only, only during the Jason Pierre-Paul discussion. No, give me a break. Mark, Dwayne, first of all, Dwayne Allen. Let's uh, let's go over his production. Mark, has Greg ever privately uh, confessed to you some issues that he has with Wes in terms of talent evaluation? Well, it's private. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Allen missed the entire 2013 season. He's often injured, and he has gained a total of 500 yards the last two years. This evaluation isn't based on stats. My evaluation no. of Dwayne Allen is purely based on game film, Dick Greg. No, I not, argue with that. I, I do, too. That's <laughs> what, I, I put him like 60th or 70th, which to, back, me, to me I think is pretty high but, You know, be, compared to other people. For instance, I put him 50 spots ahead of guys like that were much more productive at tight end, like Zach Miller or Ben Watson or players like that. Give me another one, Greg. Uh, how about Mario Williams, which we, we mentioned a little bit, but – you know, Wes really thinks Mario Williams would be a good a good buy. He wound up when you Wes aver- thinks. when you averaged out his uh, two mm. two numbers, he ended up being number seven on our list. But I, I think it's a it could be a big waste of money. Well, I just mm. here's how I decide where to put Mario Williams. Find Jason Pierre Paul and put him above him. Mm. That's, wow, that's, I mean, what, that's a pretty easy decision. That, that's what Direct happens. Shot, some, that's what happens sometimes in these. Direct hit. That you're looking at the rankings. Uh, that is not a direct hit. <laughs> I'd, I'd much. <laughs> let's let's put a sandwich on it right now. We don't need to wait for the free agency show. Who has a better season, Jason Pierre-Paul or Mario Williams? And we're gonna have a, a committee of three: Mark Sessler, Dan Hansis. And uh, David Ely behind the desk will be the third person. Okay. Wait, no. Strangely. Actually, Ely, Ely, wait, wh- Ely's a bad choice. Why would you go with Ely over, like, Connor or Patrick? Okay. Connor <laughs> Connor, and Patrick, it'll be a four-person committee. Then we'll, we'll figure okay, it out. Okay, we'll workshop this. Yeah. Uh, who has a better season, JPG or Mario the, Williams? You can make Ely the fifth. I feel bad now because wait, we listen to this. Why don't you guys just simplify it? I know, you know, because you're basically asking us to PFF the situation. Who has more sacks? No, I, I want you guys. Because he knows that Jason Pierre can't sack quarterback. No, I anymore. want you guys to have an evaluation. Jason Pierre Paul is a great it. run defender, so he should better be better season better based on our committee's findings. Yeah, sure. just, we'll okay, just decide it. Yeah. It's the new Warren Commission. Here, the here's Williams a name uh, well, that I think you would find interesting, Dan. Yes. I ranked Ryan Fitzpatrick 
much higher. I had him as my 20th. Greg desperately trying to get Dan back on the side. <laughs> that's, that's right. 25th initially, and that's moved up with all the tags. Uh, Wes had him in the mid-40s. Barely had him as a top 50 player. Let me let me say this, and because I kind of think I know where Wes is coming from on this one. I think, first of all, he had a great season with the exception of a bad quarter at the end of the season, which wasn't great. But he has much more value to the Jets playing in that offense than he does to any of the 31 other teams. Yeah. And I would think that's probably where Wes is at on this. Yeah, step. you can't sign Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker along with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I get that. And that's yeah. why Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great season. He's throwing to one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Well, he, I mean, it's and probably the best red zone duo. Well, in you get a quarterback. He was you, smarter. He, he improved as a quarterback. Here's as the well. thing. Why, <coughs> you get a quarterback bump, though. I mean, if Kirk Cousins gets $20 million, that's fine. Then Ryan Fitzpatrick gets a bump. And he's right. Right now, he's 23rd in the what list. What did he's Ryan Fitzpatrick? Reggie Nelson and George Aloka. So he's got a big Bengal safety sandwich. What did Ryan Fitzpatrick cost the Jets last year? Uh, three and a half million dollars. <laughs> That's when you want to get That's a great bargain. Here's what I'm saying. Kirk, a sixth round pick. Kirk Cousins had a great season for the Redskins. He, maybe the Redskins took him off the market, but you could have pried him away for a lot cheaper. Chase Daniel, to me, is a very similar quarterback to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why pay one of them? Fifteen million a year, and the other one four million a year. But isn't like this list? If you could go and find out where every one of them are going to land, and then re-rank it by player and fit, mm. that's a totally different list. Maybe that's your column. This maybe year. it will be because what what happens is last year and the year before, the number one guy, some team, some desperate team, goes out and overpays for someone, and then they vanish to some degree. Some of these players because it's. I would much rather take Matt Forte on the Patriots than Eric Weddle on some terrible football defense. Well, you're right. Number one on the, this list, and I did one. I went back and looked before Wes arrived, dark days at the NFL back then. But mm. the, the number one player has not always worked out. Peyton Manning, that, that worked out fine. Uh, Mike Wallace, not so good. No. Jairus Bird. Who? Injury issues. Jairus Bird. Jairus Irishman. Irishman, you see how quick Sydney is on that on that iPad? That's what we need from you. Start now. He's doubting her skills. Wow. Wow. And Dominican Sue was the guy last year. So we'll see. Well, that was a no brainer. Um, I was surprised you had Chris Long in the top 20. It, by your logic with JPP, you had Chris Long. Way above J- him. Chris Long has 10 fingers. Can I can I head over to the uh, the beach bench with Mark Sessler, please, uh, to ask you a question, Mark? Who do you believe will be the most overpaid player in the top 99? Overpaid. That is a wild question. Um, Didn't we just have this exercise in written form? I mean, I think it's potentially potentially JPP because I fall very much in line with Chris where I I don't want to invest in a player that potentially can't tackle. You know who? Maybe Malik Jackson. Who was your answer uh, when we wrote it? You don't remember. Was that overpaid your NFL picks? Oh, for that that situation. In and out. Come back to us. I'd have to look. I don't know. He's got, a, he's got eight oh, I had, uh, paper over here. I had Bruce Irvin. <laughs> All right. Tell us about Bruce Irvin, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just just wipe out everything don't that happened in the last 90 seconds. Mark the was like, oh, this is cool. I can just relax the next 20, 30 minutes. No one's going to call on me. Put him on the spot. <laughs> was this? I don't even know if this was overpaid, but I think that Bruce Irvin. Things are hazy on the be, beach bench. Yes, they will. Yeah, it is paid too much. I think Bruce Irvin is the kind of guy that, like, a lot of players coming out of that Seattle what did you hit? What did you hit before you went out to the beach bench? You what do you mean? I don't know. You <laughs> 6.45 in the morning, Greg. <laughs> Why would Bruce Irvin be overpaid? Because I think he's, A, pass rushers and cornerbacks tend to get overpaid in free agency, and then they leave 
the you know Super Bowl level defense they're on. They go to a bad defense where you don't have the supporting cast around Bruce Irvin that's helped make him what he is, and he's a good player, but he's going to get overpaid, let, no, no doubt in my mind. He'll go to the Falcons and be part of a bad defense. Let me uh, throw out a name here because the – if you really want to get uh, spooked, if you're a team that really needs to rebuild your offense in a hurry, um, take a look at the wide receiver class because you have Marvin Jones, who I I like as a receiver. I think he could he could uh, kind of take the next step in the, I like in the right position, kind of like a Golden Tate next step guy. I like him a lot. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, though, his uh, um, Jones's teammate at Cincinnati, is number two on your guys' list of wide receivers, number sixty one overall. And you you put him in the nice sub subhead category, which I agree with, needs the right role. If he goes to a team and he gets paid number two receiver type money. He's fourth on our list at wide receiver. Oh, he's fourth. Oh, Anquan Bolden and Travis Benjamin are ahead of him. Okay, he's number four. And if you put, give him number two wide receiver type money, I mean, if you watch this guy or track his career at all, he can disappear for stretches, doesn't always catch the ball. Uh, classic, and I think Connor Orr wrote a piece during Combine Week how maybe it's not a great thing to have a ton of money in free agency because you might overpay for a guy that will be put in a bad role. Right. Most of these guys that make it are solid starters. They're not superstars or else their team would keep them. Uh, our NFL media insider, Ian Rapport, sent us an email while, while we've been up here just kind of thinking keep about – Keep his name off your lips, bro. <laughs> thinking about guys who he thinks are going to do very well in free agency that might not be getting a lot of attention. And there are a lot of our favorite players, Chris, on our list. We did agree for the most part on most, most guys. William Hayes from the, the Rams, who's been one of the best rotational ends for a while. Patrick Robinson, who's had a couple good years at cornerback. Danny Trevathan. Jay Howard, who's who made our list. We loved watching Jay Howard. The best bargain picks. Maybe he's not going to be a bargain. Ian thinks he might get eight, eight figures salary. Insider. Mm, that's right. Eight figures, which means he would be making $10 million a year, Jay Howard. Wow. That's a little too rich for my blood. Brandon Brooks, Robert Ayer, so Laird Darius Green, who we like. So it's a lot of those kind of middle-tier guys that wind up getting big-time big time juice. Anybody want to throw out one more overpaid guy, or do we want to move on to uh, the best values, a guy that Ooh. get for a nice – let's move on to that. We'll start with Chris Wessling on this one, Wes. Who is someone in this top 99 that you can get on the cheap relatively and could make a big difference in 2016? I wrote about Dwayne Allen, but since we already talked about him, I will go with the other guy, uh, Derek Shelby from the Dolphins. Who Shellbone. I watched uh, his film – <clears throat> because he intrigued me. I remember watching him at the end of the year when he was filling in for Cameron Wake. He's a really strong run defender with really strong hands, and he pushes offensive linemen back into quarterbacks. He was batting a pass per game in December, batting down one pass per game. Mm. He's never going to be quick enough to be like a double-digit sack guy, but he's a do-everything defensive end. Mark? I'll give you one. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, right tackle. I think that he, a couple seasons ago, had real issues and was probably the weak spot of that Browns line. But he uh, he's grown a lot. I think that you could probably get him at right tackle for he's going to get paid, but you're not going to have to break the bank for him. And he's young, could center your offense around him, your offensive line around him for a long time. Walter Thurman too, maybe at safety. Ooh. Walter Thurman had a really good year. Later. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I mean, the he switched Eagles to safety. Aren't going too crazy to keep him. It sounds like, but maybe they just they've spent a lot of money. I mean, if you think about what they've done this off season, I I've been do, I'm doing this piece. Wes is doing the. AFC version, I'm doing NFC team needs heading into free agency. The Eagles have a pretty good roster. I don't think that's a bad team to take over. They re-signed uh, Vinnie Curry. They've re-signed Bradford, of course. That's not a, got a lot of talent on their defense. 
Um, Who's your guy, Dan? I got, I have a couple guys. We, we have a written we have a written piece uh, for a lot of this free agent business, free agent bargains. You can find it on it's in the centerpiece right now, at least as a taping of this podcast on the homepage. Little industry insider talk, but I like more than certainly um, Greg Rosenthal. I like Lamar Miller a lot. I think that uh, go, if he get, ends up with a team that uh, takes advantage of his talents, uh, I think he can uh, really make a big difference. And since running backs don't get paid, I think he'll have value. And I also like Chris Ivory, not with the Jets, and and not um, mostly because they, they have so many issues. Boy, he'd look great with the Patriots, wouldn't he? I, I do not like to imagine that. Who, but Ivory? Ivory. I yeah, could totally him see night. him. You would give him 160. He basically would replace LeGarrette Blunt. Right. Ooh, give, like and be that. a much better version of give LeGarrette Blunt. Give Chris when? Ivory 100. Same thing with Lamar Miller. You don't want to give him too many. And that's why I'm just going to th- – I threw it out there in the piece. Yeah. How about if you need a complete reboot and you don't want to go through the draft? You sign both Chris Ivory and Lamar Miller. That's a nice one-two punch. Come on. Get excited, people. I mean, Chris, you've won, you've won some games in, you know – September to December. Let's let's start winning some games in January Ooh. and February. Come to the Patriots. I like that. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt Forte would be another one, and, and because of what you said, running backs are so cheap. Someone's going to pay a third for Matt Forte this season uh, of what a guy like Jay Howard is going to make just for this season, just for one season. There's no way he is not going to help your team. I think Chase Daniel, who we mentioned, and and a guy right next to your guy, Derek Shelby, who I like, Nick Fairley. I know, I know, he's a he's a risk off the field, but I'm telling you, he's a difference maker. He's question, a good player. You question Mario Williams' work ethic and motor, ah. and then you go out promoting Nick Fairley. Well, it's all relative. <laughs> you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna have to pay him an insane amount of money. And I think he played pretty well for the Rams last year. If you I'll, think. I'll throw out another one, just because I'm loyal to the making the leap. Uh, uh, clan and the the entire roster dating back to 2013. Ladarius Green, who came yes. up earlier today, he's you could probably get him very cheap. You put him in the right offense, a little bit with a good passer, and you and you put him in a role where you can spread the field. He might be a breakout guy. I, you won't have to pay a lot for him. He is someone you talked about watching the tape. He was really impressive last year. He, to me, had a breakout season without the numbers to back it up because he just wasn't a big enough part of that offense and he had to stay into block and he missed a couple games of injuries. I thought he was really good for that team. I'm going to throw out one more name. Do it. Which is just a weird name. He would be in the top three if there was no nothing going on with him. Alden Smith. Remember him? Do you sign a guy that's – could you get think a little left field and sign a guy that's suspended for the – for the first half of the season, Greg's high want, character. Do you want schools. him? That even allowed? What was Greg? Why don't you team? sign Daryl Washington while you're at it? <laughs> God. Well, he's on the Cardinals still. Um, what was his Greg name? negotiating with OJ Simpson to be a pro player person? That's true. Player. I always like the guys that you take a chance. And we didn't. We didn't uh, rank Greg Hardy high at all. He was he was buried. I've Another free agent added to the breaking list. news just came across the wire on Twitter. And I, I don't know if he makes your top 99. No, Rod, he doesn't. Roddy White released by the Falcons. He will not be in the top 200. Whoa, that's just mean. I mean, we don't even have a top 200. He almost single-handedly sabotaged the Falcons offense. Like. <laughs> oh, damn, Wes. <laughs> I know, that's fine. But this is one of my favorite Jeez. receivers of the last decade. He's had a great career. He has like, had a great career. But this is the end. Well, that's Chris fine. Chris Wessling, uh, colon, Roddy White, the John Wilkes Booth of Falcons offense in 2015. You don't think he'll, I think I was, he'll get a job? I was overstating it. He he failed. He couldn't separate for two years straight now, and the Falcons had no speed on their offense after Julio Jones, so that was a problem. 
All right, Jacob Tammy's a slow tight end, and they had no number. Three I never understood. I never understood the articles that were saying they were going to keep Roddy White. So I think the That's Falcons made. And Roddy right. White was writing those articles. <laughs> Anquan Bolden can't separate from anyone, and he's like number forty on your list. Anquan Bolden is one of the most physical wide receivers in NFL history, though. This is the second Roddy White to get the boot from the Falcons in two years. Remember the guy Roddy White who yeah. was piping in crowd noise? <laughs> well, he deserved. How could it. there be two Roddy? It's White. totally <laughs> insane. It's what they need to do a thirty for thirty on that. I the, the two Roddy Whites. Forget the two. Uh, what is it? The two. The two Escobars. The two Roddy Whites. I think you should be respectful too of uh, internal promotion. It should be a football life that we do that. Okay. Not a thirty for thirty. Dan, you were yeah, correct. I, I was. Football. I went overboard and I apologize to Roddy White. He's had a great career. What did uh, Wilkes Booth say after he assassinated Lincoln? Six semper tyrannis. Something, Something like that. Other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? No, Stop with that. That wasn't him. He had a was, copy of uh, him. Catcher in the Rye in his pocket when he did that. <laughs> yes, he did. What is Wait, up no, he did it. The no. Catcher in the Rye wasn't about? written yet. That's, that's Lennon's assassin. <laughs> I know that. Oh. See, things are a little weird over on the, the beach bench. You know, I, it's hard, I, I, I don't know where you're coming from on some of these. Do you think that I actually thought that <laughs> someone in a, a Lincoln civilization, Lincoln-era America was carrying Catcher of the Rye around in their pocket? That, that's what I considered fact. Okay. Listen, sorry, Mark. I could see you being a big <laughs> Salinger guy when you were younger. Mark. I was. Or maybe I love Salinger. Now. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My friend and I tried to find his house. Couldn't find it. You were not the first. They player. have a movie about that. I know. Then it became cliche. We tried it earlier. You tried it before Field of Dreams? What? <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I got where you're going, Wes, but it's... What the hell's going on? All right, so let's let's stick a pin in our, our uh, free agency talk. It doesn't mean it's over because uh, wow. next time we uh, we join you, which will be Monday, we'll we'll continue to talk free agents. Wes, you're heading off to Tybee Island. Mm. Uh, he it's masked loosely as a charitable endeavor, but it's really a place for you to recover from bronchitis and have a it's BAC really over two That's five not fair. Days. What's the charity again? What's the name? <laughs> it's Tybee Teen Cuisine, and Tybee if you go to my cuisine. Twitter page, I have. The tweet pinned with all the details if you would like to give to charity. Wait, you know, what? I make one joke, and Greg's like, that's not fair. Well, I was distracted because of your oh, incorrect yeah. information you gave all our listeners. We have a show on Thursday with Lindsay Rhodes. You don't have to wait till Monday to listen to us. Right. We're going to be coming back at you with a big-time star, Lindsay ah! Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. No, I'm not going to Tybee to recover. I think that would be impossible. I'm worried that you come back in a box. I've said that. I thought we were maybe going to call Wes on Tybee while you were there, but there was some discussion. We, You know, we always have to call Wes. Whenever Wes is in Tybee, we got to get on the horn and call up Huckapoos, and that's the best place to, to reach Wes, which is a, a little uh, a beachside bar uh, on this island off the coast of Georgia. Correct. You have called Huckapoos, and I think I've been there almost every time you've called. When you walk in, is it like a norm moment? Yeah. Everybody's like, Wes. It, it is. It's my favorite place. I mean, you have your uh, softball jersey retired there, don't you? It's a big, like, yeah, there's a big, it's not a statue, but it's like a big softball with my name on it on the ceiling. Is How there... many people are in there at 938 in the morning? Nobody. I think it's still locked at 938 okay. in the morning. Is there any resentment among the Islanders about um, you moving to the big city out west? So when you come home and, and you're getting showered with praise, is there any guy in the corner being like, that dirty wrestling, I'll get him. 
I don't think so. These are some of my dearest friends. I don't think there's anyone. But you never know about the element because you haven't been there for. Like I'm too cool for school now. Like I'm too good for the island. I don't think you are, but maybe no, there's someone I, on the I island. I get what you're saying. Yeah. There could yeah. be someone in the corner who's like, "Oh, Wesley moved to L.A. That Chris Wesley now he's, he's all better than us. I'll show him." There could, yeah, there could be a villain lurking that you don't suspect. Oh, Wesley's all tofu and spray tans now. Scary Dan moved to. He's trying to inspire drama now in other places too. He's like. Go after him, Tybee. I know you're listening. That Chris Wessling, he'll get his. <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. Uh, yes, we'll be back Thursday. Um, the old guy from the amusement park on Scooby-Doo is now hanging out in Tybee. Yeah, so Lindsay steps in uh, for Chris Wessling. That is quite a change uh, in terms of roster. Uh, we will also, um, just because you're a lot different as people. Not better or, you know. Or, it's okay, Dan. Yeah. I'm not offended. We will also, uh, we meant to do it today but ran out of time, iTunes comments. Uh, mm. uh, you we know, have to wait. The good and the bad. Uh, we'll do that on Thursday. Uh, but that's it. That's it for this show. Thank you for listening. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm over on the beach bench. <laughs> <laughs> the mailman. The boss. And La Cid behind the glass. One more show, darling. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.